It is Wednesday, the 7th day of September 2022. I have very little to talk about today. I don't know if it was just because uh, nothing happened or I was uh, simply lax in coming up with uh, stuff, but it's probably a combination of both. Sure, there's a, a former president was found to have a bevy of top secret slash class, classified nuclear secrets in his desk at his faux club slash condo. But few people really seem to care because it appeared that Harry Styles spat at Chris Pine during a movie presser. Turns out that he didn't spit on him at all, though. So, kind of a bummer. Not because someone was spat on, but because the the pettiness uh, amongst the elite is always funny. I get a kick out of it. So, I read something earlier this week that sort of breaks down how basically any mass entertainment that's released these days, TV, movies, streaming, internet, etc., is controlled by about six to seven companies. NBC Universal, which includes Comcast, Peacock, and all the Universal shit. Paramount, which has CBS, MTV, Comedy Central, etc. Warner Brothers, which now includes Discovery, New Line, DC, and HB fucking O. Disney, they own a ton of shit that you're already aware of. Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group, which is the actual name of the company. Uh, includes Columbia, Jeopardy, and everything that Lennon McCartney ever wrote. Finally, Amazon, which is planning to own basically anything and everything at some point soon. But currently they've got MGM films like uh, James Bond, Rocky, and the various spinoffs. Along with now NFL football. And uh, this Lord of the Rings series that people are mad about because there were black people in it. So... The long and the short of it is that Hollywood is going, quote-unquote, bankrupt. Not not really, but, you know, financially to some point and morally for the most part. But if you're on one side of the aisle, you've, you've hated Hollywood for a long time. Brr, those Hollywood elites, brr, which is code for Jews. Because they, like, they don't like Jews. Yeah, boy, we're off to a good start, eh? Anyways, the long and the short of it is that Hollywood is going bankrupt thanks to uh, the Hollywood antitrust case of 1948 being terminated in 2019, which basically allows for these handful of studios to essentially monopolize the industry amongst themselves. Like, remember that Batgirl nonsense where they... they made the entire Batgirl movie, and then scrapped it. A $90 million movie, completed, and in the can, trashed. Well, that was to get a tax credit of some kind that I'm not smart enough to break down. More or less, they, uh, they created the film, didn't release it, and then they claimed something and got uh, a tax credit. It wasn't a $90 million credit, but it was a credit of some kind. 
Don't ask me for much more detail than that because, quite frankly, I find the whole topic rather boring. But it's uh, it's fairly interesting. Warner Brothers as a movie studio is likely going to be spun off and killed by its new Warner Discovery nonsense. As a Discovery Channel is this gigantic <laughs> entity of entertainment. Ooh. I'm going to show you slow motion uh, animal kills. Nope, sorry, that's National Geographic, which is owned by Disney. Uh, it's all a business, and it all has to make money, yes, but the arts as a whole have been shit on for years now as a viable entity of any kind, and those doing the shitting will likely start asking questions down the road like, why is every new movie based on a comic book or a remake of an old movie? Well, Cletus, that's because no one values the arts as a valuable or a viable entity. Creativity in this country is no longer valued, and it's going to die if it hasn't already. This open was far too long, far too long, and far too boring. But again, as I just said, creativity in this country is dead, and it starts right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, because today I'm going to be talking about men's fashion, pedicures, Queen Elizabeth, and elections. See? You see what I'm saying? This show stinks. That's all right here, right now, on episode 132 of Complaints and Observations. Still, the most less-than-average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room, when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Welcome, uh, everybody, once again to the world's worst podcast. I am your world's worst host. How are you now? Um, good, I hope. Things are, things are okay. Uh, things are good here on, on my end for the most part. Uh, how was your weekend, your long Labor Day weekend? Hopefully yours was good. Um, I uh, did a, a lot of drugs this weekend. Nah, not really. Just edibles. Can't even really call. Can you really, can you call weed drugs anymore? I don't think so. Like, if I can go and buy it at the store, I don't think it's a drug anymore. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't, yeah, I don't think you can call cannabis a drug. No, it's it's just like drinking now. It doesn't doesn't hold the same cachet. So, uh, I consumed a lot of cannabis this weekend. Not a lot, but enough. 
So yeah, that was that was uh, that was good. What else did I do? Did I do anything else? Uh, fantasy football draft was this weekend, so that was good. Uh, I like my team, which means they're going to stink. Um, that's typically how it goes for me. What else? What did I do on Saturday? I did something. Oh, learned how to play craps this weekend. Yes, uh, uh, my good friend Mark, whose voice you hear at the very end of every single episode, but most of you have checked out by that point. Um, he had a, a craps table, like on a towel. So he came over and um, taught us how to play craps. It was great. I honestly never, I never knew how to play. Never bothered to learn. But you know, you see it in a casino, you're like, oh wow, that looks like fun. So. It just so happened to come up that he had this towel, this odd craps towel, and uh, taught us how to play. It was pretty good. It was it was valuable. Um, looking forward to playing some actual craps at some point, hopefully some point soon, but we'll see. Um, and it, it's funny. I shouldn't say it's funny, but you know, I talked about Hollywood in that uh, in the open and how fucking crazy it is now that. You know, the number of people that actually are in control of all this stuff is, is you know, less than a dozen. And um, Regal Cinemas, which is a local cinema chain here, just filed for bankruptcy. Kind of a bummer. I mean, I liked Regal Cinemas. The handful of times that I've gone to the movies in the last five, six, seven, or eight years. Um, I'm pretty sure it's been a Regal. So, yeah. R.I.P. Regal who I think bought, um, they purchased Hoyts. No, was it Hoyts? <laughs> no, not Hoyts. Oh, well, maybe it was Hoyts. Yeah, it was Hoyts. Hoyts Cinemas. <laughs> Are they still around? Wow, it's a, it's a, uh, it's in Australia. Australia and New Zealand. Hoyts Cinemas. Wow, how about that? Yeah, Hoyts. Yeah, there used to be a Hoyts and Ton. And actually, the... Wow! The theater right down the street from me is a Hoyts. <laughs> I thought it was a Regal. Oh, wait, no. It's not. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now it's owned by South Shore Cinemas. Whatever, I don't really care. What am I talking about? <laughs> eh, boy. Um, so yeah. I don't I don't know the correlation between uh Regal filing for bankruptcy and this uh antitrust um uh what do you call it? Agreement. Um being, you know, terminated. A couple of, a few years ago, I don't. I, I, from what I've read, in the way that this has gone, um, you know, it's going to really kill these independent movie uh, screeners. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this progresses, um, or you see some of these companies buying up some of these indie indie theaters and and just making their own chain and showing their own movies, which is entirely possible. So there you go. More news for you here on the news leader. Not really. It's 
That's terrible. It's the worst fucking podcast on the planet. I've said that a thousand times, and it's 100% true. Now, I mentioned Queen Elizabeth, and there's a reason I mentioned Queen Elizabeth. This week, uh, the United Kingdom has... um, Well, I shouldn't even say the United Kingdom because it's not entirely accurate. Boris Johnson, who I've talked about on the show a couple of times before, that unbelievable buffoon. He is a buffoonish individual. Uh, He stepped down as prime minister. So the way that it works is that the, the, the party that's in control, they get to decide the next prime minister. So the way that it works... Uh, is that the Tories, which was you know the essentially the Conservative Party uh, of the United Kingdom, got to put up their own nominees and then uh, vote on a uh, a new Prime Minister. And it was a woman by the name of Liz um, Liz uh, Truss. Sorry, Liz Truss, the latest Tory asshat to hold the Prime Minister role in the UK. And this woman seems like an incredible dunce. If you're at all aware of the Tories, this will come as no surprise. Like the rest of them, they hate the poors, but the accent makes it sound more polite. Ha, 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 ha. So anyways, Queen Elizabeth, as is the custom of the the monarchy, is that they get to, quote-unquote, choose the next prime minister, even though they don't. Uh, It's all a formality where basically... Uh, the new prime minister goes to the palace, meets the queen. Um, the queen, you know, approves or accepts or whatever, and then off they go. Now, this was the 15th, <laughs> the 15th prime minister that Queen Elizabeth has welcomed into Buckingham Palace. 15. Like, holy fucking hell, she's old, yeah? Wow, 15. I mean, look, being being alive is pretty great. But when you're 96 and have been the queen for 70 fucking years, which I learned today is the second longest reign ever, not just in England, but the world over, ever. You know who she's behind now by like a year and a half? Fucking Louis Fourteenth, And Louis Fourteenth, I think, became king when he was like, Eight, or some stupid. Uh, I, I can't remember how old he was, and the only reason I would know is is from that fucking cheesy ass uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. <laughs> was it the Three Musketeers? I think it was the Three Musketeers. So yeah, there you go, Louis the Fourteenth, uh, the boy king, if you will. Yeah, how old was he? Uh, let's see. So he was born in 16, Yeah, he's five. Not even five. He was four and a half. He became, became king. Born in 1638. Died in 1715. He was only 76. Which, you know, for the fucking uh, Middle Ages there, not quite the Middle Ages, but after that, uh, fucking A, 76. That dude hung on, huh? Whew. Wow, that's crazy. 72 years, 110 days for Louis the Fourteenth, And then as of 
today. Uh, Queen Liz, 70 years, 213 days. So she is fucking creeping up Louie's ass. If she can fucking hang on. If she can hang on. She could, she could she could be the record holder. She took over sole possession of second place earlier this year when she passed the former king of Thailand, Rama the Ninth. And I also learned that Rama was born in Cambridge. How about that? Seriously, his dad was going to Harvard at the time. And how about this for a little fucking tidbit for you? Rama the Ninth is the only monarch ever born in the United States. And like hell, you've never learned anything on this fucking show, huh? How about that? Isn't that interesting? I found it interesting. Uh, I should add, though, that the current king of Thailand is a fucking weird dude. Weird dude. I got into a real rabbit hole with these fucking guys, and and let me tell you, fucking king, current king of Thailand... Isn't in Thailand, by the way. Uh, he basically lives in Germany. Thailand has a prime minister who basically runs the government, but the, the fucking king of Thailand. It's crazy. Like Again, uh, feel free to Google the current king of Thailand. You're going to see that it's, that it's interesting. But, you know, whatever. But it got me thinking, what's it like... Being a queen or a monarch in 2022, there are there are very few monarchs on planet Earth that have any sort of real uh, power of any kind. Outside of the Middle East, I should say, because there's a couple in the Middle East, in Jordan, Saudi Arabia. I think there's one more. Uh, I can't remember. So, <clears throat> you know. For for Liz, there's it's it's either a massive pain in the ass or you're just bored as hell. Because there's no real function, there's no there's no job for her to be doing to keep her occupied, other than I guess at this point trying to not die. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's so mean, Dave. What are you doing? <clears throat> and look. The monarch, the monarchy is funded by taxpayers. The cost, uh, you would think, is too much. I mean, it's not absurd. Which is, uh, it's basically about a pound and a quarter per person per year. However, in total, this past year, the monarchy received 86 million pounds which is a bit more than $99 million. Most of that money is used for upkeep of the various residences, of which there are quite a few, including Buckingham Palace, which is massive. It is massive. I don't know if you heard that fart, but that was a hell of a fart. Nice job, Dave. So you got to figure... How many bathrooms? <laughs> How many bathrooms? Whoop, not the caps lock, David. This is what happens when you type with one hand. 
Not in the White House. Well, how many are in the White House? Whoa, 35? Holy shit. There are 35 bathrooms in the White House. Wow, that is a, that's a lot. Buckingham Palace, twice as many. More than twice as many. 78 bathrooms. Now, this is what this is what taxpayers in the United Kingdom are paying to keep up. A gigantic building that they can't go into, uh, that very few people can actually go into. And it's costing them 86 million pounds a year. Like, that money could be used elsewhere. Let's be fucking serious. Now, also to be fucking serious, Buckingham Palace is never going. It's always going to be something, whether it's an actual residence, a museum, a, a, a government building of some kind. So it's always going to cost, there's always going to be an associated cost to, to maintain the building. 52 royal and guest bedrooms, 19 staterooms, 188 staff bedrooms, 92 offices. That is fucking gross. 775 rooms. What? What? Come on. What are we doing? It's also a swimming pool. Swimming pool. And according to this random website, um, the monarchy chooses to take baths and not showers. That's because they're fucking weird. Anyways, I just found, I, like, I fell into a rabbit hole about this shit because I saw Queen Elizabeth, uh, a picture from yesterday, and she looks tiny, which, you know, she is tiny anyway, but she looks much smaller in her, you know, the cane, the, the walking stick she's carrying around looks like it's basically up to her fucking chin. It's like, whoa, boy. That's a big fucking stick. <laughs> and now I'm sharing with you uh, all these facts about the uh, the British monarchy and, and the Thai monarchy. Things that you didn't think you would know when you tuned in today and... Things that you don't really need to know. However, here's a bit of, uh, of info that might be somewhat helpful. The value of the pound in, in the United Kingdom currently is at its lowest levels versus the dollar since the Maggie Thatcher days back in the 80s. It's about 1.15 to 1, which is a damn good rate for the Yanks because usually it's like 1.5 to a dollar. So it's like, oof. So yeah, if you've if you've wanted to to go to the UK, now might be the time to do it because you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Bang for your buck. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I think about it. She's Queen uh, is 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 old, been Queen longer for almost anybody than almost anybody, and. Literally is just rich as fuck for just being born to the right person. It's baffling and, and interesting and fascinating all at the same time. And I, look, I told you I had very little to talk about today, so you get some Queen Elizabeth facts. Also, um, I was going to talk about Dr. Oz again, but man, that guy fucking sucks. Like, he's just, he's, he sucks. He's just a terrible, dumb human. And I don't want to waste my breath on him. I really don't. 
So let's talk men's fashion. <laughs> let's talk men's fashion. I had an interview with a clothing company. This really has nothing to do with with the gist of uh, of, of this particular topic, but it just popped in my head. I, and so I'm not going to name the company, but basically they're a custom clothing outfit um, that's been around for a long time. And so I had two interviews with them. And uh, today they came back and said, no, nah, I don't think there's going to be a good fit. So I was like, eh, all right, well, I didn't really feel the same. I did feel the same anyway, so it's really not that big a deal. Uh, but this shit was expensive. And basically, you know, I asked I asked the girl um, who was a, also a salesperson, but not in this area. She's down south. And I asked her, okay, so who, who's the target market? Well, it's anybody who can afford us. Like, oh, boy. So, you know, then she she spent a lot of the time bragging about, you know, her sales conquests and how, you know, she doesn't work Fridays. She takes a month off every year to go to Italy with her husband. And it's like, Ew, okay. Well, if you see, if you're driving around and, and when you see someone get out of a Bentley, you should approach them. Yes, because I'm sure most people are going to, you know, look kindly upon, you know, the short, fat, bearded guy walking up to them trying to fucking sell them clothes once they've gotten out of their Bentley. But it's neither here nor there. The point is, I'm curious as to why dudes... Uh, it, it, look, it's not just men. It's just that I, as, as a man, um, you know, I, I think I, I see it more so than I see it with women. Okay. We drove by a gas station the other day and there was a woman pumping gas who I don't think she's ever seen a mirror in her life. And I feel bad to a point saying these things, but it just makes me wonder, like, do you think so low of is your self-esteem so low or you think so little of yourself that you don't have a problem going out in public dressed the way that you do and look it's not even a matter of caring what other people think it because if you've listened to me on this program or if you know me at all you know that i do not give two flying fucks about what people think of me i don't but I do care about trying to not look like a bum when I leave the house. Sometimes I fail miserably. Other times I think it's fine. I'm, I don't overdress for anything, but I sure as shit do not underdress for shit. Like I will not, I will not wear like sweatpants or fucking um, like pajama pants. I won't wear that shit out of my house ever, ever. I'm not going to wear basketball shorts to go anywhere. I'm not going to fucking... Not, I'm not... Oh, fuck. I'm not wearing slippers. You know, if I'm going somewhere and won't get out of out of my car, maybe I'll wear, you know, my house shoes, my slides. But uh, never. No fucking way. Because I have some self-respect. And what got me, and the reason I'm even talking about this is because I, I saw a guy the other night <clears throat> at the, uh, the trivia event that I host at Damien's, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Hanson, Hanson, Massachusetts, Damien's, 7 p.m. 
Anyways, this guy... Well, the week prior, a guy showed up and he was wearing basketball shorts. But, you know, unfortunately he was with my friend, so I don't want to make fun of him too much. He seems like a wonderful man. <laughs> um, an Eskimo brother. No, I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Um, but this guy last week, he's wearing two t-shirts. He's wearing a t-shirt and then underneath it, a t-shirt. And it's like, okay, if you feel the need to wear the undershirt, you shouldn't be wearing the t-shirt over it. It's just a terrible look. Put a polo on, a button-up shirt, something that isn't another t-shirt. And, it, you know, it matched nicely with his cargo shorts, which is another, another thing I can't stand. I was very guilty of the cargo shorts back in the day. Um, now I do not own... Shorts that have like an extra pocket <laughs> other than where the pockets should go. I don't need a, I don't need a leg pocket. People with cargo shorts never put anything into the leg pockets, do they? No. If you're going hiking, fine. Cargo shorts. If you're, if you're spelunking somewhere, fine. Cargo shorts. If you're in a place that requires multiple pockets for whatever fucking reason. I would say, honestly, now that I think about it, I would say that cargo shorts might be somewhat acceptable if you're going to like a, a game of some kind. Let's say you're going to a Patriots game and you just want to put shit on you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe the leg pocket comes in handy. I just can't for the life of me figure out how and why people would leave their house and, and, and go in public um, wearing some of the shit that they wear. They, and I've talked about pajama pants before and how it fucking just drives me absolutely bonkers when I see people in public wearing pajama pants. They're called pajama pants. They're not pants. Two different things. Okay? You don't wear them in public. I don't care if you just got out of bed. I don't care if this is a breakfast establishment. Cut the shit. Cut the, cut the fucking shit. I hate it. It drives me crazy. So that's that's my take on men's fashion. If I had <laughs> if if I was um uh one employed or in two um independently wealthy, yeah, that's that's debatable. I would be I'd be fucking dressed to the nines all the time. I would definitely I would definitely be the guy overdressed. That's the goal. You know you've done well. You know you've achieved in life when you can be the guy who's always overdressed. So, personal goal, be overdressed. <clears throat> to continue the um, sort of like snobbish section of the podcast, I had my first pedicure on Saturday. So, I yeah, you know when I was saying at the beginning of the show, I was trying to figure out what I did on Saturday. That was one of the things I did on Saturday. Uh, somehow, my it, 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 Jen mentioned pedicures. I said I'd never had one. She said, you haven't? And I said, no. I'm like, why don't we go? Sure, we went. And listen, fellas, if you've never had a pedicure, go and get one. Holy fuck. Honestly, what a wonderful experience. Like, <laughs> It was awesome. 
And dare I say, this could become a monthly uh, outing for me. Because I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, the the cleaning, the, the filing, the scrubbing. Just awesome. Very relaxing. You know, I, I'm somewhat ticklish. And because no one's ever really handled my feet like that. You know, there were a couple of instances where I had the, you know, like, uh, you sort of you sort of do the jumpy knee t- type of deal. And, and the woman had to ask me if I was, if she was hurting me. No, no, just, just being ticklish. That's all. But yeah, I, I, I fucking enjoyed that. That was terrific. And there really, you know, there isn't much to it. You stick your feet in like the, uh, in, in the water and it's a flowing sort of uh, setup. The water's warm, and it's uh, you know a little massage action. And then you're sitting in a massage chair. I don't know if this happens at every pedicure joint, but where where we went, um, it was awesome. The chair, like massage chairs. Let me ask you something. <laughs> oh man, I sound like such a fucking asshole. Massage chairs. They don't really do much for me. So basically, I just do the setting so it's like up and down the spine and then side to side on the lower back. Anything more than that, and it's just like, okay, what, what are we doing? But I haven't had an actual massage in a while, so. You have to have to get that taken care of again at some point. Those are fun. I enjoy those. Not in a uh, Deshaun Watson sort of way. It's just that you walk out of there and you feel great. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for touching me constantly in places that needed to be touched, which do not include the penis. So get your fucking head out of the gutter. So now I have a bunch of other crap uh, that's listed here. So let's let's start with elections. I mentioned elections. Yesterday was... Um, uh, primary day here in the state of Massachusetts. Um, I went and voted in the primary. You know, normally in this state, it, it's sort of moot in a, in a handful of, uh, you know, elections. But in this particular instance, I, um, you know, went and, and, and made a vote. You know, unfortunately, the person I voted for did not move on, which is fine. I sort of half expected that, but regardless. The problem here is that you know we've we've had a a moderate uh, Republican in the governor's office for the last oh Jesus I don't know eight years Charlie Baker eight years something like that I had the odd opportunity to meet Charlie Baker multiple times like literally three times I met the man in a variety of different uh, twice twice at the uh, Thanksgiving parade. No, one Thanksgiving parade, one 4th of July parade down in Plymouth. And then a third time at a, uh, a benefit in Boston. Uh, this is probably the first time. Yeah. That was probably like 2011, something like that. Holy Jesus. Wow. I think he was like just thinking about running at that point. Um, but yeah, and honestly, Super nice guy. You would never know uh, that he was a politician. You, although he kind of, you know, had that look. But 
the thing with Charlie Baker is that he was very good um, about, you know, just sort of being in the background. You know, obviously he had to to take more of a, a central uh, position during the pandemic. And I think I think he did a good job. Others don't, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. That's, uh, you know, an opinion thing. Um, but I thought he did a pretty good job overall. And I think in this particular state, uh, or as should I say, here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you need you need balance. You can't have it one way or the other. And I think a good example of that is what you're seeing going on in Boston, where the mayor, Mayor Wu, is way too far to the left. Like, she is just... <laughs> It's ridiculous. And as I've, I've stated my position multiple times in this program, I am definitely a liberal, but I am far, far, far closer to the middle than, than Mayor Wu here, who seems, for some weird fucking reason, obsessed with bike lanes. Absolutely. Like, obsessed with bike lanes. She wants bike lanes fucking everywhere. Now, instead of her just coming out and saying, hey, we want to banish cars from, from the city... Uh, she's just going to waltz around it. And look, if she were to come out and say, okay, um, I, I would need a word for it, and I can't think of it, but just recreational vehicle traffic in the city would be banned, whereas, you know, like uh, construction, deliveries, and all that stuff would be would be fine. At least it would give a reason for her obsession with bike lanes. But she's got something called the mayor of bikes. Apparently on the payroll in the city of Boston. What the fuck is that? Like, I don't care if she's making fucking 10 bucks an hour. You shouldn't have somebody called the mayor of bikes. Find somebody else in the office and, and make that like a second title for them. And, you know, of course, you're going to have the other side of the aisle screaming about uh, the corner of Mass and Cass, which is historically uh, known as like Methadone Mile because it's just strung out junkies, uh, addicts, you name it. And it's not... It's not a pleasant sight by any stretch of the imagination. Every time they try to fix it, it just seems to go back to the way that it was. Or they just kind of move these folks into a, uh, a different location instead of trying to, I don't know, help them fix the problem in, in some way, shape, or form. But you can't, you can't help them uh, because again, you're going to have one side of the aisle screaming that you, you shouldn't be helping drug addicts. Uh, okay. Hopefully none of these people ever have to deal with that in their life. So they can have a little fucking empathy, but they tend to lack that. But the other thing you can't do is ignore it. So that's why in the Commonwealth, you need balance. And I'm, I'm very, very fearful that we're going to end up a little too far left as as things progress, which you just can't have it. You can't have it. You got to have balance, or or you're going to have problems because it's gonna it's gonna spark, um, you know, a response from the other side, 
nothing, you know, it, it'll just be that, you know, the next election could be uh, trouble for them. So unless, unless Maura Healy, who will most likely be the next governor of Massachusetts, unless she takes a more centrist position, which, you know, I'm not entirely certain she will, there's going to be problems here during the next uh, election, specifically the midterms, uh, and then the next gubernatorial election in four years. It could be a bigger problem. So that's my take on Massachusetts politics. You need balance. You can't have it fucking banana land left. You just can't do it. You'll never see banana land right in this state. You just won't. But in some parts, you will. Where 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 I am currently, yeah, banana land right. And a lot of uh, little enclaves all over the place. It's very interesting how that worked out, but it is what it is. So yeah, there you go. You need balance. Let's move on to sports, shall we? I don't want to talk soccer this week because I'm fucking pissed off. So we won't talk soccer. There you go. I'm sure you're all pleased. Because you're all a bunch of fucking knuckle-dragging dummies. I don't appreciate the nuance of football. Football is life. Yesterday, Tristan Cassis, who is the number two prospect in the uh, you know, god-awful Red Sox minor league system. He was called up earlier this week, and he hit his first home run yesterday in Tampa Bay against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the guy who caught it, you know, basically sitting in fucking left field by his lonesome, uh, there was a, an outcry on Twitter, just a, Massive outcry about how this guy would not give the ball back. Turns out that wasn't the case. Turns out that uh, he was getting up to go to the dugout when he was accosted by security uh, because they wanted to make sure that he coughed up the ball. Well, you know, the guy, you know, there was an interview with uh, Rob Bradford of WEEI. It's kind of a meh. But that's neither here nor there. He's the one that was in the outfield and, and got an interview with this kid. 23-year-old, uh, you know, guy, maybe the best way to put it, by himself at the game, from Chicago, lives in Orlando, drove to Tampa. Go figure. And he said, look, hey, this is I've never caught a ball at a game, and I just so happened to get this thing. So, I was, you know, I didn't want to throw it back on the field. I didn't want to give it up for, for nothing. So, you know, hold on to it. Well, people on Twitter were very angry at this kid for not giving up the ball. And it just made me think to myself, look, uh, if, if I'm catching that baseball for your number two prospect, clearly it's an important, uh, memorabilia piece for him, the team, whatever. Uh, there's only one way that that you're leaving with this baseball, and that's fucking straight cash, homie. Like, let's start talking. What's your number? How important is this ball to you? And how important is this ball to that kid? Pick one, because you're not going to be able to to get this from me for 
a signed bat or some other signed bullshit because I don't give a fuck. It does not hold any... Those things don't hold the same sentimental value to me than the baseball that I just caught as the first baseball that I caught at a baseball game. Had this happened to me and I, you know, I'm in my 40s and and finally catch a, a home run ball and it just so happens to be Tristan Cassis's first home run. I'm like, listen, you gotta fucking, you gotta like pay the mortgage for a month. <laughs> what am I gonna do with these? What am I gonna do with a Tristan Cassis signed baseball bat? What the fuck am I gonna do with that? What am I gonna do with a Xander Bogart signed baseball or a Raphael Devers signed baseball? Those things are everywhere. That's not special. Give me something of value. Preferably cash. You never hear that. You never hear a cash transaction with these things. It's always fucking memorabilia. But so what kind of pressure are they putting on these people? Oh, we'll arrest you. Like, oh, or that's probably not it. Why would you say that, Dave? <laughs> oh, don't be an asshole. Don't aren't you a aren't you a real baseball fan? And you know, what the kid should have said was the guy who owns your team is a multi-billionaire. He owns multiple sporting franchises. His partners are multi-billionaires. And you're going to tell me that you want this baseball so bad that you're willing to trade other baseballs for it? No, 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 no. Give me something more. It's going to cost you. I want something from each and every franchise. (laughs) I want so much fucking... If you're not going to give me cash... I'm going to get a mortgage payment's money's worth in memorabilia, right? I'm getting Sidney Crosby signed puck stick jersey. I'm getting fucking Virgil van Dyke's goddamn cleats signed jerseys. I want a fucking a Zoom call with Jurgen Klopp to tell him to, I don't know, something. <laughs> I want... uh I want you to get in touch with David Ortiz and, and Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens and Wade Boggs. Have them all sign one ball. There you go. You got to do way more for me. And is that being greedy? Probably. But how much is it worth to you? It's got to be worth something, right? Prove it. And then. Write me a fucking check. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand that. Finally in sports, uh, apparently Larry Fitzgerald has retired. Listen to this fucking stat, okay? 17 years in the NFL, Larry Fitzgerald, wide receiver. For his career... He finished with 41 tackles. 41 tackles, pretty good number. That number, 41, was more than the number of times he dropped a ball. 29. Think about that. Holy fuck. 
More tackles than drops. That is a mind-blowing stat. Here you go. Share that with friends. And then tell them where you heard it. On the worst goddamn podcast on the planet. Thrilled to have uh, a couple of voicemails this week. Very excited. Very good voicemails as well. Uh, So, yeah, let's check it out. Dave, it's your old buddy Mike here. I just got to say I miss you. But I did just see a, not even a bumper sticker. This was a big-ass window sticker on a black truck. And it said something that I wanted to see what your take on it was. It said, can't feed them, don't breed them. Now, I don't know if he was talking about dogs. Salamanders, gerbils, maybe people. But my first thought is what kind of low-life scum, uh, deranged person could say something like that. Uh, and then I remembered that you don't have any kids, so maybe it would be interesting to hear what your thoughts on the subject would be. If that's a bumper sticker you would have, uh, or if you might think this guy's a, a low-life uh, deranged better holier than thou uh, looks down on people I don't know but um, can't feed them don't breed them old friend Mike hey uh, you know miss you too pal hope you're doing well hope things are good uh, thanks for calling in I do appreciate it if you can't feed them don't breed them well Automatically, when you hear something like that, you think, okay, the person driving the truck is probably a fucking asshole. And, you know, could very well be. I don't know. I think. All right, here's the thing one uh, low life scumbag. It's entirely possible. I, you know, asshole, that's, that's a given. I don't think that plastering it on the back of your truck is, is going to help your uh, your cause, right? Not not that you don't have a cause. My my guess is that you, you know you think that welfare is like the worst thing in the world, and you probably don't like brown people. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't know this guy. Very secondhand sort of uh, experience that I'm having with this uh, particular uh, person in the truck, but whatever. Let's put that aside. Let's not even say that that's his thing. Had the bumper sticker or the or the signage on his truck read, "Hey, uh, if you can't afford kids, you probably shouldn't have them." Probably not nearly as effective as if you can't feed them, don't breed them. Because it sounds really fucking shitty. So, to, to answer Mike's question about what I think, I, I think that this is not someone I would want to interact with at any level for anything. Uh, because this guy's mind, he seems like the kind of person whose mind is made up after hearing something on the on the TV news. 
So there's no sort of uh, leveling with him at all. There's no, and again, assumption, 100 complete, 100% complete assumption on my part. <clears throat> I would like to know if there were other, uh, other stickers on this car, because again, I'm going to assume that they were. You know, there may have been a Confederate flag sticker, or perhaps he was one of those wonderful people that feels the need to fly, you know, an absurdly oversized American flag from their vehicle to prove just how pro-America they really are. While also saying, if you can't feed them, don't breed them. Clever shtick, and that's what the right is good at. Right is good at Clever shtick, rhyming, uh, slogans, easily remembered taglines. Because, you know, you're dealing with stupid people, so you need to say shit that they're going to remember. So that's that's up there. But, you know, I'd like to know more about the truck. Like, how old was this truck? Was it a... Did it look like a work truck or did it just look like one of those trucks that somebody paid 60 grand for and then didn't do any actual truck stuff with? Shout out, be a man guy. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Really fucking stupid. What? Boy, the point of like putting your, your, beliefs all over your all over your car for other people to see. I mean granted you could say that about just about any any type of bumper sticker, but I don't know. Boy, that's it's just fucking weird. And my guess is that that person is also quite weird. So thanks for sharing, Mike. <laughs> I appreciate you. Hey Dave, it's Heather again. Um I'm just calling because last night I was pretty rattled, and I must call it in then, but still got my morning commute angry, uh, rattling instead. But yesterday I was eating Girl Scout cookies, and I really think we need to talk about how horrible the packaging is for a Girl Scout cookie. They make each box a little bit different, but there's no good way to restore any of them. So you're forced to eat the entire box. So I was eating the peanut butter patties, which are individually sectioned off for each cookie. So unless you eat a whole row, that row is going to go stale. And then the bag that they put the plastic in doesn't reseal at all. And then the box is always broken because you have to rip it apart to get open to that. And so you then have to use a giant plastic bag to then put the cookies in. It's like a whole ordeal. And at this point, I just feel like they should be packaging like Oreos where they have the reusable resale thing on top of it, give you a little bit more cookies for the $5 a box that I'm paying for. And even, like, they're thin mints. They put them in, like, a stack, like a cone stack. At least you can, like, wrap those up and tie it in a knot. Like, why don't they do that with every cookie that they have there? Because it's still the chocolate coating. So what's the difference? They shouldn't be worried that they're going to stick together. Okay, so that's my, like, really pissed off of last night and now just got me fired up again. But let me know your thoughts. As usual, Heather brings uh, the extreme pettiness that I love. And this particular problem is a this is a nationwide complaint it has to be because there's no good way 
to handle a box of Girl Scout cookies. And like she mentioned, the Thin Mints and how they're, you know, they're they're packaged in that, that foil bag. Those are fine because, like, you can twist them. You can put a clip on it. You can put a tie on it, whatever, and put it back in the box. The boxes are trash. The boxes themselves are hot trash. They never close. And then, like, the peanut butter thing, the way that tray is, it's not conducive to just eating two at a time. In fact, none of them are, really. I'm of the mind and always have been that they want you to buy a shit ton of boxes because they know full well your fat ass is going to eat an entire box. It's not to say that Heather is a fat ass. Don't don't take that out of context. It's my fat ass is going to eat an entire box. And I've been known to do that. It's been a long time, thankfully, but... So I should say I I was known to do that. But it's a problem. And if if I'm going to pay five bucks, and it's not even so much the... The buying of the cookies is not the problem, all right? Because, look, you're you're contributing to a a reasonably good cause. Uh, You're getting something in return for your five bucks or... I don't even know. Did did the price go up on those things? Everything else did. You would think, you would assume that the price of the Girl Scout cookies is going to go up. Five bucks is an even number, so I don't know. Maybe not. So if I'm paying five bucks for a box of cookies, um, you know, I want to know what I'm getting. And I want to know if that cardboard that is holding my cookies in is going to be sufficient enough uh, to manage the storage of the cookies. I wonder if it would make more sense since you already know right off the bat that it's going to be a problem. You take the fucking Ziploc bag out immediately and just have it ready to put all the cookies in. Even if you keep the cookies in the plastic sheath. <laughs> Great word. The plastic sheath in the box and just put the whole thing in the in a gallon size Ziploc bag, then I think you're okay. My guess is that the Girl Scouts of America hear from a lot of people making this very similar complaint. At least that's my assumption, because, you know, there are a lot of people like Heather and I, that are petty as fuck and and have zero qualms about making that pettiness known. So I would assume that this is something that's come up numerous times for the GSA. And I just don't think they care. (laughs) Their their common answer is, well, then don't buy cookies, motherfucker. (laughs) Then what? You fucking assholes. As it is Wednesday, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the program, the end of the show, and three gripes. As I hit record, 
I just received a notification on my phone that Aaron Judge has hit his 55th home run of the season. I cannot explain to you how little I care about Aaron Judge hitting home runs. Um, the only aspect of it that I find interesting is that he turned the Yankees down uh, because they're being, for some weird fucking reason, too cheap to sign this kid. And he just goes out and he's going to hit 65 fucking home runs as a giant fuck you and then goes to play for the Mets, which I really hope happens for a multitude of reasons. But, you know, he's not going to do this again. This is going to be like a one-time deal for him where he's going to hit a shit ton of home runs. And then he'll be in the 30s, 40s, and the occasional, uh, you know, uh, really bad year where he gets hurt and only hits like 10. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the Mets still owe him half a billion dollars. So that'll be funny all the way around, and the Yankees will look bad, which is always good. Uh, except if you're AP Dave, in which case you're very sad. Even more reason why I want to see Aaron Judge hit 65 home runs and then go play somewhere else. Fuck you, Yankees. Not Sure as shit won't be the Red Sox, even though they should get involved. They won't because, you know... John Henry needs a striker at the January window, so mm, ain't happening. All right, time for three gripes. Gripe number one, camouflage clothing. If you are not in the military, on active duty, nothing in your wardrobe should be camouflage. This is not army cosplay. This is not... Uh, a fashion statement. Camouflage was created for one reason and one reason only, and it was to hide. So stop wearing it to the restaurant, to the ball game, to fucking anywhere. Stop. It's ugly. And again, it was created for one purpose, and it had nothing to do with with a fashion sense. So stop doing it. And especially the ones that are, you know, uh, random colors. It's terrible. And, you know, you can typically, if you see someone walking around in just like standard, uh, like a, like a, a camouflage t-shirt or a camouflage pair of pants or, you know, they're either a hipster douche or just an asshole, one of the two. No in between. Gripe number two, birds. Are they all so dumb that they consciously choose to live where they do? I don't understand why birds live like in, in places that are overly populated. And I, you know, I don't understand that. <laughs> this should just be titled, I don't understand the thinking of birds. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I don't get it. I also don't get that, you know, when you put out bird food, bird seed, that not all the birds that you typically see will come to the bird seed as if they are uh, too good for your particular variety of seed. I don't care for it. Gripe number three, first two were just fucking... Hot, hot gripes, right? 
This is what happens when you don't prepare for the show. But I do have a third gripe. Gripe number three is that uh, horrible Under Armour ad that Tom Brady put up today. Wednesday, the seventh day of of September. It's an Under Armour ad that starts with Tom holding two pieces of paper with oversized print on it. And he says, this is the letter I was telling you about. Then he hands the letter to Morgan Freeman, who then reads the letter aloud as a backdrop for some videos of kids playing sports. And it led me to think a few things. And I posted this on my uh, Instagram story, at ComplaintsPod. And we supposed to believe that Tom Brady writes letters. Are we supposed to believe that Tom Brady casually hangs out with Morgan Freeman? And then, how does any of this have to do with Under Armour product? I understand the reason behind it, okay? Let's pay for two celebrities to interact in an ad for our product. This particular ad, however, does not showcase like a singular Under Armour product. It's just, you know, it's a bunch of kids doing shit. And there's, you know, you don't really, you see the Under Armour logo a couple of times. But it's not in your face. Like, you know, in an ad, as an ad, I should say, should be. The premise is horrible. It's a fucking stupid ad. It makes no sense. There's no layer of truth in there whatsoever. There's no believability. If you want an ad to work, it it has to have some shred of reality to it. There was nothing in this thing that contained anything remotely close to a shred of reality. Let's suspend reality then for a second and say that Tom Brady and Morgan Freeman do occasionally spend some time in each other's company. You would never know it by the, you know, minuscule interaction between the two in this ad. But let's say that they do hang out on occasion. Do you think they're talking about letters that Tom Brady has written? No. In fact, what the fuck would they talk about? (laughs) What would Tom Brady and Morgan Freeman talk about in casual conversation. The weather? Being rich? Being famous? I don't know. Is that what they talk about? I just don't see these two guys 
doing that. I, I literally don't see that, and I don't get it. Huh. <laughs> it's my friend Tom. Pleasure to see you again. Oh, boy, boy, that is dumb, huh? Well, dynamite way to close the show, which, as I've said, is the worst, the world's worst podcast. I'm also going to start using this show stinks as a hashtag, because why not, you know? Maybe if I let more people know how bad the show is, it'll, it'll pique their interest. And they'll come and listen once and never listen again. Uh, as always, if you or someone you know wants to be on the show, uh, you're pitching a business, you're pitching a, I don't know, anything. Maybe you're not pitching anything. Maybe you just want to chit-chat. That's fine. Let me know. And you can let me know in a variety of different ways. My Twitter page, which is not terrible, said this a thousand times. I don't think it's that bad. I laugh at my own tweets. It's pathetic. At Complaints Pod. Um, you can get in touch with me on Instagram. Which really, these days, I'm just begging people to leave voicemails. So there'll be more of that. Since I got two, I got two today. So we're going to keep begging. That's also at Complaints Pod. I have a Facebook page, but fuss, fuck Facebook. Fuss. Fuss fake book. Hmm, that's probably what it would have been. Fuck Facebook. And you know what else? Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like learning... Um, it's not karate. Like, uh, it, it's not... I don't, I don't even want to call it jujitsu. Maybe it is jujitsu. I don't know. Do we really need a fucking video of you and, and your teacher making you look good? No, stop it. No one's afraid of you. No one cares. Just be quiet and run your stupid company. Fucking creep. I have a YouTube channel that I don't do anything with. Um, I have a TikTok page that I, you know, again, good ideas, just I'm lazy. Uh, what else? I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. I have some other stuff. I have a blog that I haven't blogged anything on in a while. I have a website that I haven't done anything with in a year and a half. So, yeah, things are really looking up over here at the Broadcast Palace. Because, again, hashtag, this show stinks. Call in, uh, leave a voicemail, tell me what you're complaining about. 617-657-4736. And then tell your friends to do the same thing. Need more people to leave voicemails. I need people that win... They open up a fucking box of Girl Scout cookies like, fuck, I hate this, and then pick up the phone and call. That's the ultimate goal. We're two and a half years into the goal, into the into the journey. But you know what, Dave? Trust the process. It'll come. So I just need you to tell your friends, tell your moms. If you want to tell your dads, tell your dads too. Let's get some, you know, we don't need any more fucking parents. <laughs> tell your kids. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter posted uh, yesterday, this kid that I follow, he's like a, I don't even know what he is, <coughs> but he has a, his, his Twitter feed is good. And he posted, um, 
10 years ago was my first day of high school. And I was like, holy fuck. It got me to think. Uh, when was my first year, uh, first day of high school? Yeah, 1992. That was 30 fucking years ago. Yikes. 30 fucking years ago. Wild. Time, it, you know, and I've, I've made fun of people that say, you know, time flies. I mean, it, it does, but it doesn't. It's just all in how you handle it. And then when you put it in terms like that, oh, well, your first day of high school was 30 years ago. That was a long time ago, 30 years ago. And, you know, most of that I don't remember because my memory sucks ball sacks. I do remember that first day of high school, though, vividly. Vividly. Because I was uh, bullied on the bus. Oof, that was bad. Yeah, it was a memory I don't need to recall. Um, but yeah, so there you go. <laughs> if you want to call in with your memories of your first day of high school, call in, share with the class. What happened? Were you also bullied on the bus? Yeah, good times, huh? That's how my fat ass ends up doing a podcast that no one listens to. Because I was bullied on the bus when I was 14 years old. <laughs> Maybe we'll tell that story another time. Anyways, listen. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Uh, thank you, as always, for... Seriously, I've never really asked this, but I'm asking you to share. Share it on your social medias. Share it with, with friends. Like, text a link to somebody. Um, you know, do, do something to show that you have fucking piss-poor taste in an hour's worth of entertainment. And in this case, I didn't think I would go this long. And I, this is the longest show I've done in a few weeks. And boy, is it bad. So if you stuck around, you're a fucking champ. Seriously. If you stuck around, uh, give me the secret word. And I'll send you a sticker for free. The secret word is garden. Garden. I should do that every week, huh? I didn't even need more stickers. No, I wouldn't need more stickers. Nobody fucking gets this far. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Listen, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>